best place for below average stars. Hello there, and welcome to the Star Wars Show. The best place for below average Star Wars. Hello, listeners. It's me, the Geordie Jedi Pete. I'm joined by the other Geordie Jedi, Alan. And we're also joined by Luke from the Hoth of the Press podcast, who lives up in uh, Washington, close to Sunland, our arch nemesis. <laughs> Sunland. Guys, guys, how are we doing? Good morning, well. Peter. I'm all right. How's you? You all right, Luke? I'm good. I'm good. I'm just... Uh... We're streaming some Batman, and then I'm going to watch some WandaVision after this. I haven't even started on WandaVision yet. So I am up to date, except for today's episode. So we are recording this episode on Friday, February 5th, which happens to be my sister's birthday. So happy birthday, Katie. Hope you have a great one. Yeah, happy Um, birthday, Katie. Happy birthday. And this episode will air. It will go out for listening and streaming on February 7th, 2021, which is... International Star Wars Podcast Day. It's the first annual International Star Wars Podcast Day on February 7th this year. And that's why I record this episode. It's a special, special episode. But yeah, so technically it's Friday morning now. New one, Navision's gone on. I've done the first four episodes. I haven't done episode five yet. Luke, have you done episode five yet? I am about 10 minutes in. Oh, so you've I've, so we've disturbed you from watching one Navision to come record with us. <laughs> yes. Well I, was, well, I wasn't going to watch it. And then Ian... Likes to tweet about it, how good it is, and I was like, oh, I keep forgetting about it. So I'm honest, I don't mean I enjoy it, but I keep forgetting it. All. It's one of those things that I watched the first two episodes, like when the first came out, and then I sort of was just too busy. And it's not really like my favorite thing ever, though I do enjoy it. Mm. So what I found is I didn't watch episode three until episode four come out, and I didn't plan it that way. That's just how it ended up. So I actually watched like three and four back to back, which was actually really good because I, I thought those episodes would be well together. Um, so yeah, obviously episode five's out a day. Obviously, um, we're not talking any spoilers in case anyone hasn't seen it. But um, yeah, I'm hope, hopefully going to catch that later on today once we've finished recording here. Nice. I think for any Marvel fans out there who like, One Division's really heating up as like, what is actually going on? How does it tie into things post uh, Infinity War and post Endgame? Um, so if you if you like Marvel, definitely check out One Division because it's really starting to get uh, very intriguing. I would say. Yeah. But we are Star Wars podcast, uh, and as I said, this episode will go out on February seventh, which is the first annual um, International Star Wars Podcast Day, and we are very pleased to be taking part in that with a lot of other great podcasts. Um, speaking of great podcasts, and with it being Star Wars Podcast Day, I just want to give a big shout out to um, two podcasts who I listen to, who are absolutely fantastic, who have actually just passed one hundred episodes sort of this week um star wars sessions um check them out if you want a spicy ride uh they have just in their 100th episode so congratulations to those guys um well deserved they crank out a lot of awesome content um same time every week as well uh very well produced very funny um sort of very insightful and great fun so if you're looking for another star wars podcast isn't do check out star wars sessions and like i said Congratulations, guys, on 100 episodes. And then the Imperial Senate podcast as well. Like, they've just done 100 episodes. Uh, I don't know those guys over at Imperial Senate. They've got, like, they're, they're streaming on streaming on Twitch. 
uh, playing Jedi Fallen Order. They've got the podcast out. They've got some YouTube content. So check them out as well. Um, congratulations. You know, I think this will be our, I can't actually remember, maybe our 44th episode, I think. Um, so like we're quite a way away from 100, but like, you know, like making a podcast, I'm sure you'll know as well, Luke, like the time you need to put aside into doing it into yes. getting people to come on like it is quite time consuming it is like a second job almost um and like i think those guys doing 100 episodes and 100 great episodes of that as well i think like hats off to them like they're doing a fantastic job and like i said it is hard work but their hard work is paying off so congratulations star wars sessions congratulations the imperial center podcast uh hopefully one day the star wars show will be on 100 as well but not gonna lie when we get to 50 i'm gonna do a celebration like it's 100 but sort of speaking of uh star wars podcast day before we before we get into what we're gonna get into today um sort of other podcasts to check out as well um so like for me i love sky talkers charlotte and caitlin over at sky talkers run a fantastic podcast um it's very insightful um they get a lot of good guests on um Although not every episode is a guest episode, um, and, and, and they dive into some awesome stuff, whether it's Force Law, whether it's uh, the hands in Star Wars being a language, um, whether it's diving into sort of the sounds of Star Wars, the themes of Star Wars. Um, definitely worth definitely worth checking out. Uh, those those guys are fantastic. Um, the Dorky Diva Show, obviously a very, very fun Star Wars podcast. Brian and Savannah, um, lots of laughs, usually fight each other. Um, and obviously they've just produced their Star Wars audio drama, Adventures of the Zolan Dart. So um, check out their show to listen to their awesome Star Wars chat. Then also, like I said, their latest episode is a feature-length audio drama, um, fully produced uh, like a Star Wars adventure, and it's fantastic. So like I said, definitely, definitely check that out. Um, speaking of Brian and Savannah over at the Dr. Diva show, uh, Brian has the interesting podcast where it's not necessarily a Star Wars podcast, but he has like he has guests on for all walks of life, and he just interviews them. Uh, it's almost like a like a Friday or Saturday night talk show. Uh, Brian's fantastic, and he's had some awesome guests on there. And recently, he's had Taylor Grion, who is the voice of Ezra Bridger. Um, he's also had um, the the voice of Harrison Dooler on there. He's had people who've played um, who've been creature puppeteers and actually dressed up as creatures in the Star Wars productions, um, to name a few. He's had uh, Star Wars author Cordia Gray, for example, as well. Um, so he does about four episodes a month, and they're not always Star Wars related. But if you search through the interesting podcast feed, you'll find like lots of Star Wars content in there, and really awesome behind-the-scenes chats with these creators and these actors um, who've done work in the Star Wars universe. Um, obviously, Hoth of the Press podcast, um, Obviously, Luke, you were a last-minute addition to this episode, so yes. I had you written down and talk about as well. Um, obviously, Hostel Press, it's a fresh, fresh podcast. Uh, it's only been going about a month. Um, you know, it's on it's on YouTube. Uh, first streams live on YouTube. Obviously, you can watch it on YouTube after it streams as well, and it goes on to um, other audio platforms, um, Spotify, Apple Music, that type of place. But um, obviously, I'll be on there as well. I had a great time on Hostel Press, if you want to come on again. Uh, it's really good, um, fun Star Wars chat. Taking um talking about the news, taking some questions from the people who are watching the stream live. Um, really really good atmosphere. I really enjoyed it. Made really bubbly atmosphere. Uh, really good Star Wars chat. Um, really down to earth stuff. So again, if you after something that's you know very real and just like being in a pub with your mates and talking Star Wars, like 
I definitely recommend Hoffler Press. That's how I felt anyway. I hope that's. I hope that. I hope you take that as a compliment. Yeah, I do. It's. it's I've tried podcasting the time, and they get a little bit structured and a bit too over, too over formulated. So it's. I like just taking questions, going straight from the questions from the like, viewers, but also now and then starting with an article. I mean, there's that many rumors going around. I do like to avoid a lot of the articles because it's kind of could be, could be the case, could be the case. I like to go off what's been actually confirmed as opposed to too much speculation. Definitely, mate. I think if there's like a bit of, if there's some like facts behind it and some sources maybe talk about it, but I think like um, we're the same here. Like if it's like an outlandish rumor and it's come from comicbook.com, probably not going to discuss it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, um, and it's definitely, you've got, uh, you need to have put all your fears to rest because the Starboard show definitely isn't structured in any way or shape or form. So we are just a, a hot flaming mess. Flying through I the galaxy. Lot, it's, it, I think for people that can be intimidating for someone to come in and have to follow some kind of rigid structure. When you come in and you're just having a chat, like you say in the pub, yeah. it's better just to... And I welcome, I welcome tangents um, on, on the show. I, I was... Or with one of my guests, Kev, we were talking about stuff and we were just veered off into different things. And my friend was like, keep it in Star Wars. And I was like, no, man, it has to go. Like, it, has <laughs> to, it has to be allowed just to kind of flow to better that way. Definitely. 100% mate. Um, next up on the list is the Force cast. Um, Daniel Berry, who has been on this show, uh, and Ryan Donahoe uh, do a fantastic job with the Force cast. Um, they, they produce some really good documentaries on their show. Uh, I definitely recommend checking out the Star Tours one. It tells the story of uh, Star Tours from like its inception to how it was developed to then how it opened and then also to like things like how they got Pee Wee Herman uh, to do the voice of RX-24, the pilot joy, for example. Um, mm-hmm. How the rides evolved. Obviously, RX-24 is no longer the, pir- the pilot. It's now C-3PO is now the pilot. Um, and that has interchangeable missions uh, across all areas of the Star Wars saga in there as well now. Um and even now, you think RX-24 now is the DJ in Galaxy's Edge, still voiced by um, Pee Wee Herman himself. Um, so, you know, like, you get the full journey there, talking about the people who were behind the development who worked on the ride. Um, and they've done that with at the animation department of uh, Lucasfilm as well, and they've done some of that one. So definitely check out the Forecast. Like I said, they usually run down the news every week, which is pretty cool. Um, their Mandalorian the reviews are pretty good as well. But like I said, they also produce these really cool audio documentaries that are fantastic. So definitely love checking out the Forecast. Um, and last but not least on my list is Star Wars Escape Pod. Obviously, Josh from Star Wars Escape Pod uh, did come on and do our show, which was fantastic. I've been on his show twice. Um, and again, with him, you just with Josh and the Star Wars Escape Pod setup, it's about just having fun, talking Star Wars talk about it as much as you want, go on any tangents you like. And like I said, it's like just having a really cool in-depth conversation with your friends about Star Wars, which, you know, in this day and age when, you know, especially in the UK, we're in our third national lockdown now, the rest of the world, you no know, coronavirus is on the rise, really. Um, you can't really go out and socialise. And then these podcasts are a way of doing that Star Wars socialising, which is fantastic. Cool. Luke, is there any podcast, Star Wars podcast that you listen to that you want to recommend? Uh, yeah, there's, um, he was a guest most recently, Han Talks First. He's quite uh, good. He does long podcasts and then he'll split them up into sections. So the, if he has a news story, he'll put a video or just that news story. Um, I don't know if I'm going to do that because I go on so many tangents. Uh, 
But I generally, um, and there's another podcast that I listen to called Heroes for Hire, um, and they're in they're from Ireland and they're quite funny. Uh, they have a loose structure, but it's not too, it's not too rigid. Um, but there's that many, there's that many podcasts out there. It's crazy. I said to someone when I first started mine, I didn't realise the amount of puns, Star Wars puns going around for different podcast names. Um, but no, I just, I listen to one or two. I don't listen to that many. I used to be a, a Joe Rogan uh, zealot, but I don't do that anymore. Um, How come? It's got too much time off. Three hours of pop in it, so it's just a bit time consuming. I've just finished watching... The Expanse, and at the moment, I've actually got no TV shows to watch, which is quite nice. Uh, just to have this kind of blank slate. But I've got one division, but it's like a half an hour once a week. So it's not like you and Joe Rogan had a fight? No, no, I'm glad to lose. Um, <laughs> but no, it's quite nice. I hope, I don't know what you think, but do you think we're going to get like all of the Star Wars shows in one go next year? Or do you think it's going to be the book and then Ahsoka and then something else? Like, do you think we're going to have it spaced out? Or we're going to have, like, Wednesday be Boba Fett, Thursday be Mandalorian, Friday be Assault, and Saturday be Rangers. Do you think we're going to do... That's a really cool question. Uh, I think if they did that, that would be really awesome. And if they chose... In, if they were in, like, the same time... So if they were actually, like, different shows, but, but like, do it in this... Like, that was the timeline... Yeah. That would be fantastic to watch that way. Like, I'm, I'm a big wrestling fan, so at the minute we've got like AEW wrestling or doing a lot of crossover stuff with Impact Wrestling. Right. And so, like, and it's only just started a few weeks ago. And so, like, I didn't usually watch Impact Wrestling much. So now, like, I tune into Impact, which is at the beginning of the week, and you get your little AEW crossover there. And then later on, the week, you get AEW's Dynamite show, which then follows on with the crossover. So it's like you get like two episodes and it links in. And it's really, really good. I really enjoy it. So I think if they did the same with Star Wars, I would love it even more because I love Star Wars more than wrestling. Um, do you know what I mean? So I think I, I would love that. Will they do it? I'm not... I think with, with streaming, you need to keep your subscribers. And it's about having subscribers subscribe and stay subscribed forever. So I think, like, really, they probably want to space it out where, like, oh, well, I've paid me a month and I've got, like, one show. And now I'm going to cancel my subscription. But yeah. actually, no, the, ne- the next show is coming the next month or the next quarter. Um, all right, I better stay because I need to watch the next month. And uh, that's how you keep your business in the, in, the, in those in those streaming companies. I think so. I think what you'll find is like, obviously, One Division's on now for Disney Plus. I'll say a big draw. Everyone subscribe for One Division. Um, then I think be, after that, we'll be going to like, um, you know, the next quarter, I'll probably be. Winter Soldier, yeah. is it? Or Loki or something? The Fal- uh, yeah. so, so it could be Falcon the Winter Soldier, it could be Loki, and again, they'll be spraced out. You've got Bad Batch coming as well, and then that'll be like in the middle of the year. Hmm. You've got those three shows, so you've got beginning of the show, One Division, then the rest of the year, you've got the, you've got Loki, Falcon the Winter Soldier, and Bad Batch to fit in the middle bit, and then the end of the year is obviously the Book of Bubble Boba Fett. Um, so that's like your year. Subscription plan people hang around for those shows. So I think going into the next year, and they've got more Star Wars content and probably more Marvel content as well, which is what the that's the two you know powerhouses that they've got yeah. under their umbrella. I, I can see that I can see them being keeping stuff and spreading it out just to keep the subscribers subscribed for the whole year. Interesting though. I, I don't know if I want that. I don't know if I, if they did like a, a vomit of shows every week. I think that 
I think I'd genuinely get burnt out. <laughs> I think there'll be so much content. <laughs> as much as I love Star Wars, there'll be so much content, and I think it's nice to have it to look forward to. Yeah, I don't think they'd air them in the same week. So it might be like one week would be Ahsoka, one week the next week would be uh, Rangers of the New Republic, and the next week would be Mandalorian, maybe. And that would like, because they're not going to put two episodes out a week because the one longevity yeah. over the over the um, like over the subscription. Because like, obviously, like, for example, I'll buy for a year because I know that Star Wars content is going to come out beginning and end of the year. Um, like it was last year, it's like Clone Wars and we have Mandalorian. Um, this year it's going to be Bad Batch then, Book of Warfare. Um, next year, the year after, sorry, like we're probably going to have maybe four shows, hopefully. Mm, uh, nice. and, like I said, and I imagine it'll be like mm. first quarter, second quarter, third quarter, fourth quarter of the financial year. And again, it just means you keep those subscribers who don't buy the year, who buy pay monthly, um, subscribe. Or again, if, if you're a monthly subscriber, but then you find out Star Wars is going to be coming every quarter then you'll probably just buy the year subscription yeah. which gains more money in their pocket faster so again like it all matches that business plan of what of what they want for Disney Plus. I mean it's not it's not, um, like, it's not as expensive I mean you box sets of TV shows can go from 20 to 50 quid depending on how shiny the box is in HMV <laughs> oh definitely but I think like if you look at like if you're doing a one-off purchase yeah but you think about like Netflix has gone up for example you know, Amazon Prime, Disney Plus now, and that's the three main ones in the UK. If you're in America, you've got even more subscription services. In the UK, if you've got your Sky Sports package, you know, if you've got your movie package, um, all those things add up. It's funny, like, if you look at W, so, it's funny, like, to get off topic, but, um, so obviously, like, you used to, back in the olden days, you used to get all your channels separately, especially in America, in the, in the, in the cable, t- in the television setup, Yeah. yeah. Then you got cable providers who put them together in packages and sell them as a package. So that that was what morphed into that. And then streaming happened where it was like, oh no, now now you don't need the cable package. Now you buy individual streaming services. So you're back to buying things individually again, individual products. And if you look at what WWE's just done this month, so their WWE Network, which is their streaming service uh, in the USA, they've um, they've essentially done a deal with Peacock, who is essentially M- NBC, um, for the streaming rights of WWE's content. So the WWE Network in America will no longer become a thing because the the sold the the content to Peacock to go on their streaming service. And how does that work with WWE? So WWE make maybe $100 million a year on network subscriptions. Peacock are going to Give the week two hundred million a year for the content. Wow! So it's already going back from streaming services being separate to now streaming services coming together. So Peacock are now like a cable provider, so they're providing they're providing more than one product now. Do you know what I mean? And a WWE Network subscription for it was nine ninety nine. Peacock sub Peacock subscription is four ninety nine. So it's better for the fan. It's cheaper in the long run until that price goes up. But and then better for WWE. But now, like now, if I want to do network, I have to buy Peacock. If I live in America, that's that crazy. Like so different now, the model of everything. Yeah, so mm-hmm. it's almost like a circle. So it goes from being separate to collected to separate. Now it's starting to get collected yeah. again. If that makes sense. So you'll have people now start offering, oh, if you pay us X amount a month, we'll give you three subscription services. Maybe like it's like that type of thing. It's constantly in a circle. Um, 
and that's why I think like they'll keep Star Wars and Marvel shows like spread out throughout the year to keep people to keep people subscribing yeah. to the product. Um, but yeah, so we've got a few things to talk about. Um, so the Mandalorian was nominated for a best drama se- was nominated for best drama series by the Writers Guild of America. Um, I think definitely well deserved. It was a fantastic drama series. Um, I thought season two really, you know, we've already discussed, you know, really pulled on the heartstrings. The action was suspenseful, um, mm-hmm. fun. It was violent, but also like really funny. Um, so yeah, I think definitely deserves that raise again. I think it's been nominated for a Golden Globe as well. Is that correct? This week, the nominations I think have been into that. But I don't know if they've. Um, I don't really follow the award shows. I'm really bad at that. <laughs> The I was just through this, the end I was of thinking, February. Yeah, so I was clicking through Disney Plus uh, this morning and it came out like Golden Globe nominated underneath the show. So, wow. so it's been nominated for a Golden Globe, which it should be. Um, it's been direct, as I said, it's been nominated for Best Drama Series by the Writers Guild of America, which is again very well deserved. Um, if that wins, obviously it'll be John Favreau because he wrote most of the show, and then obviously two of the episodes written by Dave Filoni and um, Rick Fuhrer. Mm-hmm. Uh, who wrote the who wrote the other one? Um, so, so yeah, cuts off to those guys. Um, yeah, I think I think there's more nominations to come as it goes. I think season two really did like. I think season one, if you remember, like took a world by storm of Baby Yoda and its cuteness, but its story was quite small. And it you have to start small to be fair to get people used to the characters and the setup. And then I think season, yeah. season two took what it took the foundations, the fantastic foundations of season one. Season two took them. And just like ran with them, like scored touchdowns, scored home runs, scored soccer goals, uh, <laughs> scored pinfalls, it scored submissions. It uh, took scored all the points. Uh, season two, like really did just take Star Wars and Mandalorian into the stratosphere. I thought, and I think like I hope hope it wins these awards because it really does deserve it. I think television over the past year, I think I think that was the best show on television last year, hands down. And that's not just from a Star Wars fan, that's one who watches a lot of television. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, it definitely, definitely deserves. I think I agree with you. I think it was hands down a mile ahead of anything else. It was really, really, I enjoyed it so much. You know, I just gripped the whole time. Definitely. Because I remember I was speaking to you, Alan, and obviously you were, you, you were saying you were going to just wait and just binge it all at the end. And then, it seems like it seems like it just sort of hooked you. <laughs> it did, and I wasn't expecting. What I was really trying to do was just pin everything back and just watch it as a Star Wars fan. Um, you know, no, um, no, like looking into it or you know, um, kind of what does this mean because this has happened or you know, I mean, just sit down and enjoy the show for the half hour that it's on, and. I remember watching season one and, you know, we got like oh, halfway through, we finally got it. And we had, so we had to binge watch it all the way through. And I was expecting to have to do the same thing. And so I really wanted to do that just to enjoy it because some, I noticed on the first season, some of the shows you really wanted to see the second one straight after, you know, and I wanted to do that. But no, it hooked us in. I was away. I had to watch it every Friday. Definitely, I think like it's got to wait now for like obviously we're getting Book of War at the end of the year, which is going to be a sort of continuation, but maybe not. But we're really hungry for that now. 
Um, mm-hmm. And also we're getting obviously Bad Batch, which is going to have Fennec Shand in. So it's not a continuation, but we're going to get like that character there. So that's going to feed some of that thirst that we've got for more Mandalorian. But it could be like a year and a half till we get more Mandalorian, till we get Mandalorian season three. It could be a year and a half till we get that. And that's quite like, I think they've, I think they know they can do that because I think they know that like that hunger's there for these characters now for Mando for Din Djarin. Um Obviously, the child's now gone, but is he going to come back and what's going to happen there? Everyone's excited mm. to see what's going to happen there. So I think they really have just done a fantastic job, uh, like with that. And I don't mind it being a year and a half or even two years. You know, as long as they get everything right, and you know, if they try to do something that's going to take that amount of time to get it done, then you know. Take the time, get it done. Let's keep enjoying it. Definitely, I think like like things take time. If you rush them, you end up with a, a poor product that yeah. can can sour people's taste. I think if you look at like, let's take video games for example. Take Rockstar Games. You know when a new Grand Theft Auto is coming out or a new Red Dead Redemption. Sometimes those games get delayed and then delayed again and delayed again, and it's because they're working on it to get it so that it, when you get the product home, you play it fantastically. And then if you look recently, what happened with Cyberpunk? a cyberpunk game where it got rushed out and it doesn't work and they've had to give yeah. full refunds and they've, essentially it was the was the most hyped game probably the de- mm-hmm. of the decade I'm not even joking the most hyped game of the decade I'm sure Luke will give us some insight because obviously Luke, Luke streams a lot of games um, but like the most hyped game of the decade since they first got unleashed at the convention when they had Keanu Reeves on stage and it went viral and then like all they had to do like if they just delayed it and delayed it and went oh look it's not ready it's not ready like the hype still would have been there but they rushed the game out and it's it's killed, killed it the completely. Hype. They've had to refund. Mm-hmm. They've had to refund everyone, so they've made no money. Like it's it's just crazy. Like do, like do you know what I mean? Like how how do you feel? Do you feel they rushed that game out because they were worried about frustrating the because you 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 play the game and you kind of you with with anything you drink the Kool Aid, so you're like oh I'm in I'm in and you the game dashboarded three times and I was like oh okay then but then I was like oh yeah but I like it but I like it <clears throat> and then with each patch the game was more bearable to play and I'm just thinking if it was released like you say just when it's ready and the, there's a new game come out called The Medium and it was only it's only out on Series X and Series S the next gen consoles and and I don't want to say the elitist but I hope more developers follow suit one it gives us a reason to buy the new consoles because at the minute I've got not much reason. Unless, if all the Star Wars games coming out, announced, yeah, next to only, then I'll be fully in. But again, like Sarah's Cyberpunk, if they were left just to focus on the next-gen versions of Cyberpunk, and just didn't do PS4, Xbox One, would have a better game, um, like, uh, this autumn, 2021. And I guess it would have been waiting a lot longer, but they get to make the game they want to make, and fans wait for the game, and then are surprised by the game. A game that size with that developer, I mean, Witcher 3 was such a good game. And yes, it had glitches at the beginning, but they fixed them quite quickly. And Witcher 3 is one of my favourites. And I think, unfortunately, this is tarnished. For whatever reason, I don't know what the decisions are <clears throat> based on releasing it, but I don't... I think it's a bit annoying when a developer announces a release or publishes a release and then they delay it. I'd rather just say, all right, we're making this game. We'll have a release date when we know it's ready. Because... You can't say a game's gone golden and then come out and then not work at all on the base consoles. Um, my friend's got a base PS4. He's not had much issues. He's enjoying it. But I know a lot of people have. And I just think... So Halo, Halo Infinite coming out, for example, 
if that was only next gen, I wouldn't be bothered because it means like I've got a reason to then invest in a new console as opposed to kind of having the not so good version. Yeah, I think like you know, like despite your product, you need to put it out, out on the things it works on. So if your game is not going to work on yeah. on, on PS4 or on Xbox 360 or whatever Xbox One or whatever the the one before this gen is, um, then like don't put it out on it because. Customers are gonna have a bad experience, and then yeah. it's gonna turn them off the product. It, it got so it got so bad with the cyberpunk that like it got taken off the online stores. Do you know what I mean? Like that's that's mm. bad. Like that's you know what I mean. That's your revenue stream gone. Um, especially during the like, pandemic. It's kind of like getting your Christmas present, and then it breaks the same day, and then you've got to wait two months to get a new one. Oh, it is. No, definitely. It is. It's, you know what I mean? It's like oh man. Well, it's like when you order off Wish, and it's like oh, that looks like. Brand new Star Wars figure, really official Obi Wan Kenobi, and then you order on Wish, right? And it comes, and it's like a, a fake map of GI Joe with no head. And that's like well, it's been painted badly. Yeah, and it's just like it's, in, it's like a bootleg from like the back ends of China. Do you know what I mean? It's like it's like what? But you expect that from a company like Wish. You know what I mean? But like, but, but you know, these developers, like I think like, and the model was there. Like you talk about Rockstar Games did when it delayed Grand Theft O's and when it's delayed Red Dead Redemption because these games are so big. We're only going to put it out when it's ready, and then those games are mega successful, and in turn generate lots of revenue for the company over a lot of years. Like, I mean, people still play GTA Online now, you know, and I'm putting money into that using the shark cards and stuff like that. And because they put a put together a fantastic game that worked from the day one, and I think it's the same with like same with any content. Like, you know, if you're gonna like, I'd rather take the time in the Star Wars products, like Kenobi, for example. You know, it's been through a delayed pre-production and. Some people worried about, but I was just like, you know what, it is no, it's the need to take the time, take the time, give them all the time they want, and it just means when the product comes out, it's going to be fantastic. Um, you know, I think Obi Wan Kenobi's going to start shooting in this spring, I think. Um, obviously, Andor shooting now in the UK, um, but yeah, like, I think, like, I think with anything, like, I think with those companies, they're not in a hurry to turn a profit because you know, the Walt Disney company is making profits, stuff right and center, Lucasfilm is making profits, stuff right and center. I mean, the amount, the amount of merchandise and sales makes it makes it money every day so they can afford to take the time with this product and get it out when it's ready and by doing that you know it, you put a better product out and that's going to generate more money for you in the long run rather than putting it out quickly you get a quick hit and then it dies off quicker if that makes sense yeah because it'll also tarnish the next series as well you know the next one that comes out people are going to be like well that last one was a bit naff so maybe I'll not watch this one 100% mate 100% and you've got to watch your marketing as well. So if they were like release all the Star Wars together, I don't know how you market that because bear in mind this is a company that couldn't handle marketing the movie six months mm. after a previous movie. Because <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean because the, the, the marketing for Solo, the, like the marketing campaign for Solo was atrocious. <laughs> it was really badly. Uh, really bad. yeah. It was really badly marketing. The, the <clears> film's <throat> great. I really enjoyed the movie, but it, but it wasn't marketed very well, and that paid off at the box office when it it didn't it didn't do as well as it should have done. Um, yeah, and that was because it was six months away from Last Jedi, and I'm not blaming the time frame, but that marketing department didn't know what to do within that six months it had from Last Jedi to Solo, um, and it, it, you know, like it goes to show that maybe if you do just take your time, put it a year later, you can make up some kinks for stuff if things have got kinks, um, like. Creative wise and story wise and stuff, not that's all it did, but it gives you more time to work on stuff to fine tune the product, and then you release it at a time when you know you've fully marketed it and you're fully behind it. Um, 
And I think maybe the hopefully they've learned lessons from that where it's like, you know, what is these TV shows? We have got four out this year. Let's spread them out and that's that's because they did a fantastic job of like because I'm putting that book over effect thing on the end of Mando at the end of the last episode when Mando was done. Perfect, mm-hmm. isn't it? I, I'm more Genius. hyped for that. I'm the most hyped yeah. for I'm a bit <laughs> I don't wanna like sound like a tenor, but I'm a bit a bit long in the tooth with all the Jedi stuff and I'm when Boba Fett came back, it was great. And just to have the idea that we're going to get that version in his own TV show, I'm really excited for it. Definitely, and because Mando was finished, but if they dropped that trailer in the halfway through Mando, it, it would have just like, no yeah. one, everyone would be talking about different things. And then and then the conversation becomes confusing. Like, and obviously with the power of the internet and social media, you need, correct marketing has things going in one direction if you have the chat like going one way do you know what I mean yeah. so like I think by waiting to put that out at the end like again it's very simple but like super effective and I think hopefully they do the same with these shows where you know one every quarter I'll do me and you can <clears throat> you know you can have little insights and then put a put a little sneak peek on the end of the finale of of, of the previous one as well like they allow the character of Boba in Mandalorian to speak for himself and justify the reason for him coming back and then so you had him the tease that was a one like oh people were like oh maybe it's red maybe mm-hmm. it's somewhere else and then you had him be boba fully in episode five i think it was five six. yeah and it's not even like it's not even that soon anything like so they that was set up from yeah. like season one when when they when they play the sound effect and the, so that that like obviously john's not going to tell what he's wrote because it'll spoil it but like this they've obviously got like a whatever how many season plan yeah, and they're following the plan. Do you know what I mean for continuity? So it's like mm-hmm. they set that up in first season where someone finds Fennec Shand. Is she dead? Is she not? And then obviously we find out actually no, she's not dead. Boba Fett's safe, and then these two are a great team. And now they're getting their own spin-off series, and then that'll tie in later to an event where they tie back in the Mandalorian. I imagine with these other shows. Um, so, but yeah, good show. Like you're having a plan and taking your time. Like could could have hired them in season one. People just went nuts. But in long term, product wise, would it have been better than what we've got now? Probably not. Because it makes perfect sense the way they're doing the story right now. It's very okay. And with his armor, the yeah. way it looks, you know, if they do flashbacks, you know when. It's, if you see him with the old style, you know it's a flashback. If you see him with the new, clean, painted look, you know it's present day. Like that's a clever way of just helping people distinguish mm. when any scene's set. Because you could have. I mean, it's so. I can't wait to see both. I can't wait to see it. Just the way it just yeah. deserves success. Like the character deserves success. And I think they'll see a model for Solo. Solo 2 could be a six-part miniseries just to finish off the Darth Maul and Kira story. And... I think for me, though, like, for Darth Maul and Kira, like, that, that's its own thing, I think, now. I think, like, Solo can't really interact with Maul mm. because he doesn't believe in the Force when you meet him. Ah, uh, so you think Maul and Kira has got enough in its... Yes, it's got, got enough weight to carry its own yeah. miniseries, like six episodes or something. I think All the right. crime syndicate certainly does. Uh, you could totally run a crime syndicate series, but I think like if you have Solo in the rap with Maul, A yeah. Maul should kill him. Like and B, when he delivers that line in a new hope where he says, like essentially yeah. that uh, hocus pocus and magic tricks are no good for a blaster at your side, kid. Like mm. he doesn't believe in the force. And that's a and the whole point is that his interactions with Luke and Leia and the rebellion makes him believe. And then when you get that line in Force Awakens when he goes the Jedi, the Force, it's real, all of it. Like, in how Harrison Ford delivers that line, where, yeah. because his life's changed him, where if you have if you have interact with Force characters, especially mm. ones as powerful as Maul, before he does the line where he doesn't believe it, 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 it doesn't make sense, do you know what I mean? Where, for me, you don't need to have Kira 
and more. And that story would be fantastic on its own. Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. You, you don't need Han Solo in that story, I don't think. And also, I mean, um, I agree with you. Like, Kieran Maul is its own story. But also, Solo's, like, at the end of the film, he's on his way to go see um, Jabba the Hutt. You know, he's going yeah. to join his own different crime syndicate. You know, so he's he's already on a different story arc when you think yep. about it. Definitely. And that's and also, like, Kieran leaving him. So he doesn't know why Kira's left him. That's that's Han Solo's heartbreak right there, and yeah. that's and that's why and that's why he's the way he is when you meet him in New Hope, where he's like, he's very, uh, you know, he laughs things off, he talks about things, doesn't really open up at first when he meets people. Uh, if, mm. if that makes sense, that's why him and Leia don't hit it off straight away. If you know what I mean, because he's got his guard up. Uh, yeah, and then she's obviously fired character with a guard up as well, but like he's got his guard up because he's because he's been heartbroken by her. It's almost like if anyone like James Bond fans, obviously he's watched Casino Royale. Obviously, um, like Vespa Lind is is James Bond's mm. first and only love, really. And then her 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 passing away because of his job leads to the reason why he doesn't get attached to women. He goes to a lot of women, but he doesn't like he doesn't open himself up to become attached. Obviously, apart from Money Penny, if you watch some of those early ones, but in the in the, in the mm. current Bond scheme of things, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. But it's all because of that that heartbreak. And if you remember the second movie, is essentially like the revenge tale. Of going Aspa, of going Aspa, those who, who who killed Vespa, and it's same here where like she hasn't died, but she's left him and he's heartbroken. I think like if you read, um, I think it's what right. might be last shot, uh, mm-hmm. which goes through a lot of different time zones, um, with Han Solo and Lando, um, but like it shows you like Han after the events of Solo, like um, he, he's mo- he's moping around a bit. Like waiting for a job and Tony's a bit like, oh, like, so like that, that does affect him. I think, like, so I, I don't think she'd come back into his life and then leave him again. Do you know what I mean? I think for that reason, and I think also, like I said, if, if he interacts with Maul, A, how does he survive Maul? And B, yeah, how does he not believe in the force? Do you, do you know what I mean? Um, so, so yeah, but I think like a crime syndicate story, no world story with Maul and Kira, like, I think that, 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 yeah. that, that has enough intrigue in itself. Um, I just wonder how many, how much legs is in it, to be honest with you, because there can't be that many years in the timeline between the solo film and when Darth Maul actually does finally turn up on Tatooine to confront Obi Wan Kenobi. Uh, you know, I'm not, sure, I'm not sure what the time frame is on that, but like it's, it's, it's eleven years before New Hope, so um, yeah, it'll be about five, six years before. Yeah, so yeah. essentially... Oh, well, there's plenty of legs then. <laughs> well, uh, hey. no, no legs at all. <laughs> but, uh, but no, I think, like, obviously, more where we'll meet him in Rebels has nothing. Mm-hmm. So the story for me would be Maul and Kira, and how does Maul lose the crime syndicates? Because he loses them. Yeah. Um, do you know what I mean? Is it because Inquisitor has come after him? Is it because Kira does a coup and actually takes him out? Of the situation, maybe she takes over. Maybe she has a rise to power and takes him out, and he runs away. Um, do you know what I mean? Not, not, mm. not saying she would fight him, but like politically and put on the strings. And if the Inquisitor's turn up to help her inadvertently, like that type of thing, like so, do you know what I mean? Like, so there is quite a lot of story there. You could tell the story of how Maul, yeah. how Maul goes from being powerful in these crime syndicates to to hiding on a Sith planet, waiting for someone to come. What do you think of the different um, Sith planets? Because cool. it's been. I think, 
Korriban and then Moribund and then Exegol. Like, do you? So they're the same. So Korriban and right. Moribund are the same planet. Um, obviously, they just George changed the name in canon. So I think it was. I think it was. I probably get the wrong around. I believe it was Korriban. Yeah. In the old Republic games. Did they know why they changed it? Was it just because they wanted it? Um, is, it okay? is there in story reason? I think George. I think you said it. No, so I think George George is generally yeah, then Caraban shot first, didn't he? No, so so obviously like the old Republic games, like I, I don't know how much mm. George like created them, do you know what I mean? But I think like when he came to bring the Sith planet in in Clone Wars, I think he was like, No, it's called Moraban. Um but they've tied it in the can a little bit. Um I think I was it was um Pablo Hidalgo from the Lucasfilm Story Group, one of the Lucasfilm Story executives was saying that. Um like in legends and folklore, it's it's known as Korriban by some some tribes and some people, but but it but it's actually called Moraban, and so it makes sense if you think about like look at our world where you've got like look at what like take Czech Republic for example, yeah, it's I guess, Czech, yeah, like, yeah change the Czech Republic like we call it Czech Republic like like if you look at like Ukraine look at USSR like do you know what I mean if you look at like like South African countries where they've changed like do you know what I mean uh like so it sort of makes sense where like. There is this thing where they've tied it in a little bit, but yeah. So, so Moraban and Carban are the same. That's the, that right. was known as the ancient homeworld of the Sith. Um, I'm trying to think what the other planet is. There's another one. The planet they go to. Oh, Malakoth. Um, Malakoth. Malak- no. Wait, is it? Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so you've yeah Malakoth. So you've got you've got Moraband, you've got Malakoth, and then you've got Exegol. And they're like the three. Sith home world that we know about them. Mm-hmm. Exegol. Which I think is pretty cool. I wish they used Moriband in episode 9. That's another, that's a conversation that doesn't end. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think obviously, like, who knows why they did that. I think we'll, maybe we'll find out one day, but um, you would have thought they would have used the names that are already out there, but you know, they've chosen Exegol, which I think, believe I've not read it yet, but Exegol is getting a bit of um, exploring in the Darth Vader comic at the minute, which I've not read, so I'm excited to read that, see if it makes us more interested in it. Uh, I hope it does. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, um, moving on to the next story from JediNews.com is uh, Del Rey announced a change to Star Wars Peter Vax. Um, the size matters not. So what, what they're doing is Del Rey have announced that they're going to change the Peter Vax editions for the books with them getting bigger, moving from mass market to trade size. So it's like a 15% size increase, which... Uh, might sound silly, but like for me, yeah, give us a bigger book. If it's got a luscious cover, give us it bigger so I can look at it more. Um, obviously, my shelf space probably doesn't enjoy it because I've got a lot of Star Wars books already, but yeah, definitely give me more more book for my book. I think, um, are you reading many books, Star Wars books at the minute, Alan? No, no, I haven't. I've, no, no. <laughs> I'm still halfway through. I am the first Alphabet Squadron. Which I've got hardcover, and then I'm waiting to read, um, finish that one off, and then go on to the second one, which I've actually got on the Kindle on the phone. Um, you know, work that one out. But um, no, I haven't actually been doing any reading at the minute. Me, so I've got like I'm half, I'm about three chapters in the Alphabet Squadron two. Mm-hmm. Um, one cha- two chapters in the Light of the Jedi, the new High Republic novel. Um, and then I've got like, yeah. and then I've got Thrawn Treason to finish, which I am actually enjoying, but I've just not had time. 
Then I've got the new Thrawn Chaos Rising book to read as well. So they're all hardbacks, so they're all nice size, but just for me, for my job, and then I find it harder. I enjoy reading, but I've got some time off coming up where I'm going to hopefully plough through all these books. But for me, obviously, yeah. sometimes the hardbacks sell out, and you can only get the paperback after that, once the print ones are done. Mm-hmm. And so to get a smaller book, where like if it's got an awesome bit of art on the front, you know, you want the full-size book so you can enjoy the image. Like if someone's wearing a card on that image, they've chosen it for a reason. Um you know what I mean? Definitely give us a bigger book. It's also like, you know, like, I think, I don't know, it sounds silly, like, oh, what's the difference? It's only like, a little bit bigger, but I think, like, yeah, let's give the paperback readers a, a bigger book so they can enjoy the awesome artwork. Yeah, why not? Uh, no. Are you um, reading many books, Luke? I know you used to read, but not so many right now. I'm going to give it a bit of time until I've forgotten what I've listened to in the audiobook and then read the paperback of the Light of the Jedi. Um,. I tried three times to read the to do the audiobook for it, and I just couldn't get through it. Um, so I need to get back. I need to wait a bit and read that. Um, I, the last canon novel I read was either the second Thrawn book. Because I know is the new is Ascendancy trilogy. So is it Thrawn, and then is it alliances and then treason? Is that how it goes? Is true. So that's the so that's the like the throne trilogy the first throne trilogy in the new canon is it goes throne yeah throne alliances throne treason and that's one that's one trilogy and then now they're telling a prequel trilogy to throne where it's um throne is it ascendancy and then chaos mm-hmm. rising oh yeah but one chaos ones. rising origins within the chiss ascendancy um, yeah mm-hmm. so that's a that's a pre that, that's a prequel trilogy so the first one's out the second one's coming soon and then the third one will come probably I don't know what is what's what's the the second one called sorry the ascendancy one which trilogy really good I'm not sure so I think the first one's called right yeah okay I was interested in reading Resistance Reborn but I didn't know what it was the one between eight and nine uh, it was a it was a f- uh, fantastic book that said, but then got totally ignored. It was one of my favorite Souls reading experiences. And then the Did they dismiss it completely, tie in, in the even book. though it was released kind of really close to. But was... no, so the story group designed this book, mate. So it ties in like everything from from yeah, um, ties in all the comics uh, into the Last Jedi and what's happening now. It ties in um, really two storyline. Yeah, like it. It's a fantastic, fantastic book. It's a so it set yeah. it sets up the resistance to be like ties in all the resistance material the way they would be right. come come the movie and then like and then oh. and Chris Terry <laughs> something else. Just, yeah, it just totally completely. That's annoying. All the books are aware of the canon, and the movies are not aware. It's yeah, it was, really yeah. straight and straight and dynamic. Well, it's, it's not. It's not really like, how I would say it is that when yeah. you have like so the story group do all the work. Okay, now. Authors work closely with the story group because they have to. Why? Filmmakers Why? can, so like for example, for example, um, Ryan Johnson did not work with the story group on what was going on and stuff. But what I gather from Rise of Skywalker is that Chris Terry and JJ essentially went, and because they've got the pulling power, because of what happened with yeah. changing movies, essentially, because I had one movie, and they then changed. The movie, so like, I mean, the, the, the Colin Trevorrow Star Wars movie, 
is not the same. It wasn't the case of the book didn't direct. No, it is the movie. It's that a movie, different film. Due to the Fates, completely, it's where completely it's, different it's story. We didn't return, and Kyle Warren was the supreme leader. Yeah, so that's yeah. So like that was only going in one direction, and they, then they brought these guys in to make a different story for episode nine. So the different story that those guys obviously, you know, it's J. James, Chris Terrio, like they're both. You know, Chris Terrio wrote Argo, which is an Oscar-winning movie, a fantastic movie. Like, do you know what I mean? J.J. Abrams, like, he's track record speaks for itself, like, some of the biggest, some of the movies he's made. Like, so they've come in and they've obviously been given, like, free reign and they're having yeah. a story group are there to go and talk to if they want to. But, Mad, but no, they haven't, they haven't utilised them because they went all, oh, like, well, it is a, it is a bit, but you've brought them in and they want to make their, their thing and, like, that's what the company decided to do. It, it is what it is. I think I don't want to really go on too much about it, but I think, like, you know, Resistance Reborn, if you enjoy Battlefront 2, the campaign, and the end of the campaign, and you've enjoyed some of the Star Wars comics and stuff, uh, definitely pick it up. It's a great, like, see, I would say, watch Last Jedi, right? And then, and then, and then read the book. Nice. Because it's, like, a continuation of the story of what happened after the, after the camera goes black. Yeah. When you see the Falcon finding hyperspace, nice. and, like read this book. I think the canon books I would recommend is Lords of the Sith. Like, um, the first yeah, I've read that Twilight fantastic. Company novel because yeah. you get a similar scene of Vader in Hoth, like Rogue One in the ship, like it's a siege of murders. Yeah, so, yeah, I have, so I have, I have, um, I haven't read. I tried to read Air of the Jedi, struggled with that one. That what... uh, the early canon Luke book. Yeah, that was a tough one to get into. That really was. I, I struggled a lot with that book. It's one of those ones where it's like the, the amount of books are recent in the new canon. There's probably only a handful yeah. that are tough. I've read a saga. Really good going. Um, mm-hmm. Last and Apprentice as well. I haven't even read like, that. You... Definitely. The next story on Chinese.com is uh, so Kevin Feige's come out and said there's no reason for a Marvel Cinematic Universe or a Star Wars crossover. And he's essentially said that really, like, unless it's in Lego Star Wars. Unless it's a Lego Marvel thing, or if it's like, mm. for example, the Lego Star Wars Death Star um, being in the MCU Spider-Man movies or the Empire Strikes Back reference to Captain America Civil War, like it'll be referenced because Star Wars exists as yes, as what we know it as in that universe. Mm-hmm. But like, I, I don't know why he's had to come out and say that. I don't know if idiots online have been clamoring for or talking about it, but like, I think like for me, like if they were to do a crossover, I, I, I would be just. I don't know. I'd get. I'd be turned off by. It. I probably wouldn't watch it. I'd I think we there. hit on it when I you were on my podcast. That's not for me. It's uh, that the there's a reason why fans are fans and creators are creators because of things like this. Kevin Feige should not have to come out and see it. There's not going to be a Star Wars and Marvel crossover because it just would not. It would not make sense. Yeah. If someone's if someone's animation studio university go and animate it yourself and see what like, see what's like. But I don't. Yeah. I, I, so I, I I don't know like where it's come from because I'm not really chatter about it, but like he's, he's just come out and said that and like a, he's 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 right what he's saying. So I don't know who has said it. For me, like Star Wars fans wouldn't like it, Marvel fans wouldn't like it. So like, if it's just to get bums in seats of people who don't know what they are, like there's no point in turning your fan base off. Do you know what I mean? But I think like you know the Marvel movies exist as like a it's almost a, yes. like a real world like they exist in in a they exist in a story that's yeah. like there's a word that really I like and it's called. Ah, oh, verse verisimilitude or something. It means it verse verisimilitude. It means the appearance of being the details of the novels. So it's like the set, like New York, is in the Marvel universe, whereas DC's got its own cities. It's not really 
like so, so the Marvel universe in a weird way could yeah. exist in this world, whereas DC couldn't. Yeah, but I think as well, Star Wars is like based around obviously it's setting out like long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, and it's like in strange environments, and it's like a myth and a legend, and you're hearing the story, if you know what I mean, and you're engrossing this sort of lore type of thing. And I think like, that's very separate to what Marvel is, where Marvel's like these events are going on. Um, so yeah, I'm glad he's come out and said that. I don't think anyone's been asking for it, uh, and like I said, if the word if the word do that type of thing. Yeah, like I said I wouldn't. Sh- I wouldn't hate on it because I, I had a lot of time for that and day. I just think it's kind of a bit of a product. But I'd, mm. I'd probably just be like, eh, "That's not for me." <laughs> um, you know, I, I think that's, that's how I feel about that idea. It's just nah, like nah. <laughs> we're, we're getting we're getting a bit silly, aren't we? <laughs> but but you know, like, you never know. Like it's, like yeah, like that's, that's, that's my thoughts on that anyway. I think like. Because <laughs> it's like you know the general movie going public can't even like the the, the struggle yeah. with like the Rogue One and Solo movies coming out in between trilogies and they don't know the time frame and stuff. So imagine putting this movie out like you've been confusing even more. Like do you know what I mean? It's for those who don't. I remember going to see Rogue One and literally I walked out and some a girl said to her boyfriend, "So who was that at the end in the white dress?" And I heard him like sigh because he. Because didn't want to explain it. Yeah. No, but it, but it's like, <laughs> but it's all right because like we live in this bubble, right? So we know yeah. what's going on. We know the production schedules. You know, we've seen the trailers. We'd, we've seen the panels. So we're like, you know what's coming. We know where it's set because we've watched the discussion with the creators. But like, there'll be people like who aren't in that bubble, mate. Who like when I went to see Rogue One, and would be like, oh, this yeah. is the next Star Wars film. So like, where's where's Rey and Kylo? And like, understandably so. And, and what you've got to be marketing is you've got to try and differentiated which I think they did well between Rogue One and the others obviously some people didn't get it because they don't live in the bubble but like yeah like now people have issues with that like you know I mean you take your man to see it and your man be like oh like, uh, what, what's happening in this one again and like once you explain it and they watch it mm. they understand but like in between like oh like Star Wars 2 is out but it's actually mm. not it's actually Star Wars like 0.5 like do you know what I mean it's, it's so it, it's like do you know what I mean I think like it, that's confusing enough for some people in who aren't in our fan bubble like without good doing like a Marvel crossover with Star Wars, I think it could work with Lego. You know, if they did like a Daft Lego thing. I mean, Le- Lego. If you look at the Lego movie, yeah, the Lego movie is a crossover and ship all the Lego properties, and it works fine mm-hmm. in that sense. So yeah, definitely do it. That's that's a different entity altogether. Um, yeah, it would work that way. Definitely, I think that's the only way it would work. Definitely, yeah, hundred percent, mate. Um, spot on. So that brings an end to our news articles from JediNews.com. Um, so, listeners, if you after Star Wars news, going to keep in the loop. Definitely check out StarWarsNews.com. Sorry, JediNews.com. Um, that's, that's where I get most of my information from when I'm flicking through the internet. I usually go in there a couple of times a week, um, unless something big happens on Twitter, and I'll go straight there to see what's been said about it. Um, yeah. So, obviously, it is International Star Wars Podcast Day. That's why we're all together talking Star Wars. And we did run a Star Wars giveaway. And up for grabs was four prize packages where you get a Star Wars pin badge. It's a Star Wars heart pin badge. And in the middle of the heart is R2-D2 and C-3PO, everybody's favorite droids. They are the droids you're looking for. And four lucky winners, well, one of the four lucky winners will win one of those pin badges. 
and we'll also win some starboard stickers so you can stick the podcast logo wherever you want on your laptop on your car on your bedroom door stick it on your neighbor's house if you want don't do that that's a joke um but yeah you can do whatever you want um probably don't go sticking around your castle because i did that and then i got wrong did you <laughs> um yeah um but yeah so basically cool little prize packages and we run it all across all our social medias and we got we chose four lucky winners so the four lucky winners four lucky winners sorry are jason ling liam harwood kirsty johnson and darth papa bear so jason liam kirsty and darth papa if you want to get in touch with us through social media so we can get your addresses and we'll send those prize packs out to you guys. Thanks for taking part and I hope you guys enjoy all the Star Wars podcasts on Star Wars Podcast Day. And just to bring the uh, show to an end, we've had some fan questions sent in. Obviously, it's Star Wars Podcast Day. Uh, podcasts would be nothing about the listeners. So I just wanted to open it up to um, open it up for the listeners to come and be part of the show. I thought the best way to do it was to have a sort of a Q&A type thing. So if you give me one second, I'm just going to Instagram to put up the questions. Spot on. So question number one for I'd probably go um Alan if you answer first, yep. then Luke if you yep. answer, then like I'll answer. Does that sound good? All right. Yeah, yeah. So the first question is who has the most iconic lightsaber? Mm-hmm. Oh, good question. Um I want to say well, I don't know. Good question. Uh, well, it has to be Luke Sky- Skywalker's lightsaber because that's the one that goes through the entire series, isn't it? You so the, the original Anakin Skywalker lightsaber, the blue one. Yep, yep, yeah, the original one. That's the most iconic. Maybe it's not the most aesthetically pleasing one, but it is the most iconic you, one. You've got to think that is like, I mean, it's branded the legacy lightsaber. Yeah. Um, and it's the one, um, obviously, it finally gets buried, but it goes through... You know, it's it's there. It's there in the first. It's there in the prequel trilogy. Um, in episode three, mm. the one Anakin has in episode three. It's the one Obi Wan picks up off the floor after he's cut Anakin's legs off. Um, Obi Wan yeah. then keeps it and gives it a look, and then it then goes through the, you know, it then goes through episodes four and five of Luke uh, before it gets lost again when Darth Vader's time chops a limb off and it gets lost. Um, mm. Star Wars is poorly, guys. It rhymes. Um, and then obviously it's found again with the new trilogy, the sequel trilogy, when Ray picks it up out of a box and it's uh, filled with sort of haunted visions of the Force. It's obviously kept with the Force as well, which is really cool. Um, so yeah, I definitely think that's definitely an iconic lightsaber. Um, no, like a, it's not my favourite. You know what I mean? I think Darth Maul's is my favourite, but the most iconic one, you, well, you have to go with that. I think... The, what about yourself? For me, the most iconic... Um... Because, because partly because of what fans didn't get or what they wanted was the, was the green one, Luke's green one. Um, I think people are fixated on that one a bit. Um, I think people, yeah, will we see it again? Maybe, I'm not sure. Uh, but my favourite is uh, Count Dooku's. I love that one. Definitely, it's one of those things. Like, I think, I think the lightsaber itself, like, like. Like just the, mm. not any specific one, but just a lightsaber in general. Like an actual lightsaber is iconic to 
pop culture. And because it gets redesigned all the time and comes back in new fashions, like it, it is, it's like it's, it's, it's the lightsaber is an icon of pop culture, of storytelling, of film. Um, yeah. I think for mm-hmm. me, my favorite is Luke Skywalker's green one, um, just because I love Return of the Jedi so much. Um, so like that, that's my favorite one. Um, I think I, the most iconic one of them, I think Alan's probably right when he says the Skywalker legacy lightsaber, Anakin builds, it's gifted to Luke, it gets lost. Um, and then it finds its way into Ray's hands. Um, does it go some other places in between? Maybe we'll find out soon in new stories. But um, I think like that's probably the most iconic one because it's links to all the trilogies. Um, but yeah, like look at Maul's lightsaber, Alan, your favorite one. Like, remember watching the trailer? Phantom Menace mm-hmm. put it in the trailer to get bums on seats, and it was worked brilliant. But like, you see him pull it out, and it's really long, and he one end ignites, and the other side ignites, and like. Again, it's like it's, oh, like, it's an iconic yeah. moment in all of movies, not just Star Wars. What a moment. Yeah. And then you got, and then the next movie, oh, how do we change it? Oh, well, Count Duke was an older gentleman. He's uh, very stylish, very sophisticated. And he's got like a, mm-hmm. he's got a, almost a, like a, so it's a, the, the, the handle's like rounded uh, to suit his swordsman style. And he, he fights more like a, like a musketeer or like a, do you know what I mean? Like that type of swordsman from like those type of movies. Um, You know, we've got the new trilogy, Kylo Ren's lightsaber. You know, we're going to put the cross guard on there. We're going to have it be, um, we're going to have it discharging sparks because it's not stable. Again, like yeah. it's, an, it's an iconic yeah. moment where in the trailer when he pulls it out in the forest um, and, and like the day comes on and there's two side bits come out. Um, like again, like it's just, it, you know, it's like a wild factor straight away in the advertising campaign. Oh, like it's, it's, it's everything we know, but then it's different. Yeah, and like it, it really makes your jaw drop. Um, so yeah, my favorite Luke Skywalker is, but I think the most iconic Alan, you've hit the nail on the head with um, the legacy lightsaber. But like, you know, I think the mm-hmm. lightsaber in general is iconic because uh, it gets redefined for every different user. Um, if that makes sense, and I think like and it, each one has its own characteristics, and through time, many yeah. different ones have given that wall factor on screen. Oh, for sure. For sure. Um, this sort of blends nicely. Um, next question is, if you could have any prop from the films, what would it be? Mm. Oh. Uh, if I could have any prop. From um, the films. So I'd have be... like the Millennium <laughs> right. Just the cockpit that moves or the warship? <laughs> no, the whole damn thing. I'd live in it. <laughs> just park it up in a field and you know <laughs> job done what uh, yourself, Luke? What do you have? I have no I have no idea really I've not really something I've thought about I like the scout troopers helmet I like the scout troopers helmet that's quite good I, that's what I've one of them suits I think if I'm allowed so that's, that counts as a prop um and then yeah, of course it does yeah 100% if I'm doing a second one or I probably count it as like the other I don't know I love it Yes, oh, the actual one from a specially used. <laughs> good choice, good choice. Hmm, what would I pick? I think what I would want is I would actually want the actual Empress Ooh, nice. throne from Return of the Jedi. Yeah, but the actual seat from from yeah. the Death Star. Because you could sit and be like, 
this is the actual Emperor's seat where he actually sat. Wouldn't you just like get get the neighbor's cat or something and just like spin around? Mm. And, like, That's the thing, yeah. You could put it in the corner of your house, have it turn around, and then when people enter, you just slowly turn around. Like, you might walk out in, immediately. Yeah, and then it would be so cool. Mm. Very sinister. Well, I think the world would be scared because <laughs> how sinister that would look. Um, imagine like I'd get in work from work early, right? I'd be sitting in the seat, and then like Louise would come home, come in the room, yeah. I would turn around, and I'd be like, "Take your Jedi weapon." Strike me down. She'd be like, right, no, I'm going home. I'll say that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, really good question there. Uh, next question is what future Star Wars project are you looking forward to the most? So this could be any project, could be publishing, could be animation, could be movies, could be TV shows, could be action figures. Mm, um I'm actually really looking forward to the Obi Wan. I'm sure that's coming up the most out of anything I just want to see where it's going um, and how they're going to blend that story in because you know for years he's like been lost in a flipping desert and it's kind of like you don't really expect too much of a story to be there to be for a TV series so I'm just a little bit excited to see how they're going to do this I think it's definitely going to be like, I think they've said to me a character piece so like it's like yeah. going to be like dealing with like inside everyone's head the loss of like losing his best friend and losing his Jedi Order and losing his Republic, um, yeah, is going to be like quite a quite a quite a quite a head That's, doer. If that makes um, sense, um, yeah, I'm expecting it to be really massively in depth. Um, but yeah, that's what I'm. I think for me to. as well, it's Obi Wan because what about I'm yourself, Episode three and Rogue One and that time period in general. Um, I like seeing it in Solo as well. I like seeing the. The, is um, Solo as a mud trooper, seeing the like daring the dirty battles, like saving Private Ryan battles, and which makes a good point because when he says, "Oh, where we're going," and the, yeah, there's no real. It's just a blanket kind of. Oh, we're here to bring peace and prosperity. There's no, there's no actual direction. It's just bulldoze in, take the planet, and then leave. And Han Solo makes a point as well when he says, "Oh, where the where the hostiles." Um, just the idea of that time period is just the, even though it's a regime, it's just this almost directionless regime because you have the emperor and he wants to rule, but then you have his subordinates who have their idea of what rule is or what, like, see, Grand Moff Tarkin sees himself as a. Yeah. Yeah. But the. I mean, they're taking that planet for its resources. Do I mean they're probably going to they're probably going to mine the hell out of it to where it's not sustainable, and then before you know it, it's mined within ten years. It's been mined that much; the planet's useless, and then they move on. So, like, there is like a goal to the mm. planet, but it's not about bringing people in to the empire and giving them like the opportunities the empire gives them. It's almost a bit like I mean, against like Star Wars is based on reality, and it's based on like the real life like horrors of human nature. Like, you know, if you take mm. if you take the you know, the, the invasion in Iraq looking for WMDs. And, you know, zero WMDs got found, but a lot of US American oil companies got a lot of oil. Um, like, do you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's like, why why do we go there? Yeah, there's a bad thing there, so we'll go take care of it. But it's like, oh, but actually, it's not really why we're here. Oh, we're here to give you freedom, but like, from what? Yeah. Oh, but actually, really, it's for with your resource. Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah. And it's like the horrors of like, you know, it, it's real life horrors of like yeah. what Nazi Germany did. Like, just go and take other planets. Like, do you know I mean, there's a reason why those uniforms look a certain way in Star Wars, the Imperial uniforms. And, you know, I'm not saying that 
they're looking at uniforms, but but they're very similar, uh, and it's designed to give you that feeling of like of dread and like the energy. Especially with the Jedi, they mimic the look of the soldiers um, standing in the hangar, like the definitely organized in different groups. Yeah. They mimic the videos of, and especially with Hux's speech and Force Awakens, that's definitely history books. Yep. Um, yeah, so definitely very Hitler-esque. These glazed, glazed eyes when he shouts about the public being. Definitely. Mm. And the thing is, yeah. he's so young that, like, he doesn't, like, you know, he's born after the, like, so, like, he's just been born up that way, like, in that system. And that, mm-hmm. like, again, goes through that, like, how you bring people up, like, how, how you bring your kids up, or how you teach people, or, or how you how you interact with younger people on the street. Like, that has an effect on them. So, like, if you show people the right way and sort of love and friendship and be kind to one another and help people, they go one way. But if you if you breed them, if you sort of breed hate within people and within your interactions with people, then you get a hooks. Um, so yeah, like when people see our Star Wars, using it about like doesn't have any mess about your life, but like George is very much like essentially like pulling apart what human society is and the horrors of human society. Uh, and he did it in a very subtle way where you get this awesome space adventure at the same time. Mm-hmm. And if you if any fan of Star Wars, if you love Star Wars, like it, it, it tells you like by watching it, it, not you don't see it, but by by living by you know me growing up with Star Wars and watching it like. I knew what was right and what was wrong. And I knew to try and help people if I could because that's what I saw Han doing. That's what I saw Luke doing. That's what I saw Leia doing. Um, and these were the heroes of the story. I think cool. my favourite project, I'm definitely looking for Kenobi, even more so now than I'll Hayden Christensen. I think uh, I'm excited to see what they do with that. I definitely think we're going to see some flashbacks and so we're going to see Hayden in the Vader costume. Um so you're going to see Hayden as Anakin in the flashbacks to Obi-Wan, which I'm really looking forward to. Um, and then I'm hoping to see Darth Vader. Actually, it doesn't do much mm-hmm. for me, but like for the same somewhere. Maybe maybe Kenobi's reaching out with the Force and then like Vader's doing the same on, on the bridge of a Star Destroyer, on the bridge of the Death Star or something. And then you see, you, know, yeah. you, know, you, know, you may as well put Hayden in the suit because Hayden was in the suit in three, so you may as well put him in the suit here. And I think like, that that back to tank scene in Rogue One is fantastic. So imagine and that was a lost opportunity in Rogue One as well. To have, and this I know it would have been be costly, so I haven't not even performed it. But when you see Vader in the tank in Rogue One, it would have been cool if you saw it was actually Hayden Christensen. I know it's a small, tiny scene, but could have given him a blank, a blank check. Definitely, <laughs> yeah. I think um, at at the time, celebration Orlando hadn't happened. And like for those who don't know, obviously like like humans are scumbags, right? Yeah. And like and they'll go after people. And like I think if you look what happened, you know, like we you know, we're scared people scared Jake Lloyd away into like almost self destructing. People people scared Armored Best away to where he almost killed himself. Now Armored Best now back in the fandom and like loving it. But like the same mm-hmm. happened with Hayden, where like you know he got a lot of hate and they scared him away, um, and he didn't need to come back to Star Wars. But he got announced last minute for Celebration Orlando, right? Got announced last minute, like a few few months before. He was the last guest announced, right? And within like a week, all his photo ops and autographs had sold out. Wow! And the reason why is because the people who the people who drove 
Jake Lloyd away, the people who drove Armour Best away, the people who drove Hayden Christensen mm. away, were adults driving them away. But the people who loved those movies were kids. But those mm-hmm. kids are now adults. So those those kids who loved the prequels, right, now can go to celebrations because they're adults and they pay to go. And then like, and then now like they yeah. they Anakin Skywalker's there, so it's sold out within time. And then like I said I was, well, I was, so I was when he came out on stage and like the round of applause he got, mm-hmm. it was absolutely. Um, yeah, it was absolutely. Uh, it was really, really good seeing. He you could tell he was taken aback, and you could tell like he was like he, f- he felt good. And the same at my best at Celebration Chicago, um, mm-hmm. like hit the round of applause and love he got. Um, like it was really good to see. Like he he loved it, and I was like, yeah, guess what? There are all those bad people out there who will drive you in, give you hate, but like that's not here because the people who are here have spent their hard earned money to come and enjoy Star Wars, and we're yeah. really happy that you're here. So like. Yeah, I think like obviously Rogue One was before before Celebration Orlando, so like Hayden probably wasn't really speaking with the company much, and he probably wasn't thinking about Star Wars at all. But obviously, you know, he, he came and did Celebration Orlando. Everything sold out, got loads of love. Um, his experience was probably fantastic because he probably he didn't get bad job any hate. Um, he probably made a lot of money because like I said all his stuff sold out. <laughs> um, do you know what I mean? And then in those interactions with people, getting the photos and the autographs, um, again, people telling them how much they love him and stuff. Like hundred percent, then when they come back, we go, oh, well, actually, you can come and do a voice over right? Scott. You go, like, you know what it is? Like, yes, because that you know what it is like it's fantastic. Mm. But his experience before that point would have been the the trolls coming after him. Um, mm. and I think if he'd asked them to come back, he probably would have come back. If, I mean, if the money was good, he probably would come back. No, but it's probably like if they probably think about getting them, he probably wasn't thinking about reaching out because it's just like now, nah, like it's, it, that's done now. But obviously, coming back, obviously, rekindles a lot of stuff. Uh, look along my best, you know, he's back, he's been doing the Jedi um Jedi Challenger show on the kids YouTube show. He's got a character there. Um so you know, like both of them back in the company. Um and now I just want Jake White to come and do his horror celebration. Horror, like, you're right, people are horrible and because they've decided they don't like something, they like it's like the he and Christensen getting the hate he did is like the early version of cancel culture and it's it's so poisonous. Yeah. It's not even consequent. It's like it's just bad people. I mean, it's like I think like mm. I think like for example, I'm I'm not the biggest fan of Rise of Skywalker, right? But if I was in a room with Chris yeah. Terrio, I wouldn't go and give him shit for it. If I seen mm. Chris Terrio, I'd go out. Yeah. Hi, oh, Chris. How are you doing? Probably speaking about Argo because I love Argo. I probably ask him about like Ben Affleck because Ben Affleck's one of my favorite. Uh, like I like Ben Affleck mm. a lot. I think he's a good director. Good actor. He obviously Ben directed Argo. Um, and he also, Chris Terry also wrote some stuff for like the, the Justice League and stuff. And obviously Ben was Batman and that. So I'd be asking about the things that I want to ask him about, the, the good things. Do you know what I mean? I wouldn't be like, oh, well, why did Skywalker? I didn't like it. Why did you do that? I'll, do you know what I mean? No, because I don't want to have a conversation mm-hmm. with him. I want to talk about the things that I do like. So I'd be like, oh, like, hey, Chris, obviously, big Star Wars fan. But actually, I want to speak mm-hmm. to you about um, like, what it was like working with Ben Affleck. Like, if I, if I ever met him, I'd join me because that's what I'd be really interested in. Um, and I certainly wouldn't be going to like to make him feel bad about. <laughs> something that I didn't like. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, there's, there's there's no need for that. And I think, like, you know, like, I think, like, for me, I think if now, like I said, because the people who enjoy the prequels were kids at the time and now the adults, I think if, if Jake Lloyd did come to a celebration, he would get an outpouring of love. And I would love to be there to experience that and 
pass that on to him. Like, do you know what I Probably one of the most perfectly paced movies I've ever seen. I didn't even. I didn't even. I didn't get bored. I didn't get weird. No, it's perfectly timed, perfectly paced, mate. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I would love for him to come back. Uh, and just to experience a celebration, because I think you would, our, our porn love would be fantastic. Obviously, I'm not sure where Jake Lloyd's at at the minute. You know, you see the articles and it's got his mugshot and stuff on. He's obviously had a bit of a troubled time after, you know, in his 20s and stuff. But, you know, I, I don't know what he's like now, but I hope he's doing good. Hope he's doing well. And that's how I look for him to come back to a celebration just to feel that our and love, the same our and love that Hayden got and the same that my best got because it was just absolutely fantastic to, to sort of be there and a, show them appreciation but also witness the appreciation they were getting and seeing those guys like, actually like enjoying it. Do you know what I mean? Enjoying enjoying mm-hmm. being a part of Star Wars which was, which was great. Um, I think future project other than Kenobi though because you guys have both said Kenobi so I'll try and come up with something different is... Um, I'm really looking forward to this um, High Republic series, although I've not read the book. I've had it a month. Um, doesn't sound like doesn't sound like I am, but I actually am. As I've got some time off going off work coming up, so I'm planning to plough through it. I've, the second book's ordered, and it should be coming once it ships on Amazon as well. So um, I'm really looking diving into this time frame and all the books interconnecting. I'm really excited for that. And then, you never know, maybe I might get a payoff when it comes into movies or TV shows, perhaps, but. In fact, it's across these different books and these comics. I'm really excited. To, once I get a few of them and start digesting it, I'm really excited to go on that journey with the High Republic. Mm. Uh, next question is... Um, so speaking of Kenobi, the next question <laughs> about Kenobi, actually. So general thoughts on the Kenobi series, pot appearances. Um, <laughs> so we've sort of discussed that anyway. And then he also asks... Uh, Will we be trying to go so to the celebration next one is this? in twenty twenty two? Next year, it's twenty twenty one already. What's um, So right. So celebration and a celebration Anaheim was scheduled for twenty twenty. Um, obviously, obviously mm-hmm. the pandemic would pay to that, so it got moved uh, to the when the next celebration would be, which would be two years later in twenty twenty two. So the people who's got tickets for last year's show will still have tickets valid for twenty. 22 sure. so this is the strange thing so what happened was they uh they give you the choice if you had tickets for 2020 um so i did not for example because mm-hmm. i would i was i wasn't able to go last year so i didn't buy i didn't yeah. buy tickets um so they give you the choice where you could keep them or you could refund them mm-hmm. um and they've sort of given refunds out recently so but i'd imagine the majority of people have kept them so i can go 2022 so like, i i, I yeah. want to go 2022 but I'm waiting to see how many tickets come back to see whether they go and resale or not. Yeah, um, it's a it's a weird world at the minute, isn't it? It's kind of like take one day at a time. I'd like to go, um, but I I don't know for some reason I just can't see it happening. You know, <laughs> I don't know why. I just yeah, I'd like to go. I mean, celebrations are you, you should if you're a Star Wars fan, you should go to a celebration. You will enjoy every second of it. You know, even standing in the queue for the shop, you know. But um, yeah, I'm, I don't know. It's too far away for me to think about that one right now. Yeah, so it's like August 2022. So <laughs> it's like wow, it's like one whole year. It sounds so long ago. Long August. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, I've got friends in Canada. Yourself, Luke, you fancy going to Anaheim like 2022? Around Indiana, so. 
I would go if they were to go. I couldn't justify spending money on just a celebration and not see my friends in that part of the country. So it would have to be like a, tri- a group trip with those people. But you could you could see them after, so like you could you could you could you could fly. So Anaheim's on the west coast, which is mm. California. So if you if you fly into California, you do like the four day event or whatever, and then you could travel to Indiana, which is central. I think. I know. It's, it's um, something about, it's something about conventions on the way back home. Yeah. I mean, it will be it will be exciting to be around all the Star Wars fans and meet people and skill blast and that. Just it's not really my thing. Like I. I'd see a movie, I'd go to a, like a premiere or like a screening or something, but I don't think I would. I've tried the convention thing and I'm just not really about it. Uh, I've done Comic Cons and everything. It's huge. It's, um, it's just something I just don't think I would enjoy. Again, again, the, the money, the money I spent on the, the money I spent on the flights and the hotels yeah. to get to Anaheim <laughs> would be enough for another trip to Canada. And that's all I think about just be seeing my friends in Canada and America. Like I just yeah. yeah. So when me and Al did Chicago, we went to we did Chicago. I did all first because I, I I did ten days in Chicago, I think. Um yeah. That's right. And then yeah. and then Alan flew out and did do you do five years and five, six days in Chicago, Alan? I think it was five. I think we flew back out from Chicago, I think it was like literally the next morning. And then, so, yeah, so I, I did 10 days in Chicago, so I like got to see Chicago and stuff before the celebration started. And then after celebration ended, then we flew to Toronto and had a, uh, five, six days in Toronto just because it was, um, well, we're on this part of the world, mm-hmm. the flights are cheaper. I mean, as well, go and do that as well. Like, do you know what I mean? So you can like, you can make yeah. the trip more than just a convention trip. It's what I would recommend if you're going all the way to that side of the world. Yeah. So I so like yeah, so yeah. my celebration was like a 14 day holiday essentially, but I did, but but it was but only mm. five days that was the Star Wars celebrations. But I think um I don't know like I I've done Comic Cons in the UK and they're all right, but like for me when I did my first celebration like that was just like the best experience in my life uh, and it. <laughs> For me, obviously, like other other cons I've been to are nothing compared to it. So I try not to call it that because I think it's totally different. But I think like mm. in the moment I did London and it was fantastic. I knew I had to go to Orlando to do Orlando, and then I said, and then I did Chicago, and that's so I was going to miss Anaheim just because of the, buying a house and paying for a wedding and stuff. Um, and and then yeah. like I said, I was going to do the one after, and the one after obviously Anaheim's been cancelled. The one after is still in Anaheim, which works out well because California it's Anaheim, so you can do celebration. And do original Disney Disneyland's around the corner. Um, is that where the? It's like ten minutes away from the Anaheim Convention Center. Star Wars. I get the name wrong here. Star Wars Land is. Is that the Galaxy's Edge? Yeah. So it's not just that, mate. So you've got like so Disneyland is the park that Walt built. So Walt's office is there. Walt walked around that park, right? So like that park is there. So you can go to original Disneyland, which is like. People like theme parks like myself, it's a fantastic opportunity. You've also got um California Adventure, the second park right next to it. And then obviously, yes, like both be, Disney uh, World and Disneyland both uh, have a like so Francisco as well. Mm-hmm. 100%. Because once you get in America, traveling from state to state, uh, look, mm-hmm. time consuming, like it is cheaper. Do you know what I mean? So, like. Yeah. So big, man. 
So if, you, if you're paying that money to fly into America, you may as well spend a bit extra to do other places rather than come back home and fly doing a Vegas holiday later because it'll cost more. If that makes sense. Yeah. Give me all the good. So yeah, I'm definitely hoping to go. I just don't know what's happening with tickets because um, I've I've emailed Reed Pop who runs Salva Celebration. And they've said they'll let one on tickets go on sale. So whatever tickets have come back, they might be going on resale. But there is the, there is mm-hmm. the light queue. The light queues where people can. It's the only official way to resell your tickets. So even if the tickets don't come back on, the light queue will come back up. Obviously, this is one of the light queue wants to change the dates. So I imagine the light queue will come back up, and you can put yourself in the light queue. And what you do is you sign the light. Tell them what tickets you want, how many. Uh, you put in your card details. And then what happens is it's a queuing system. So it's first come, first served, but you're in the queue once you put yourself in. And so say if I want giant master passes, right? And I'm 10th in the queue. Um, and then 11 become available. So like like 11 people are selling them. So like what happens, they sell, they sell the light. And then what happens to light is light will allocate the first one to the first one, second one to the second one, so on, so on, so on. And when it comes to you, it allocate mm-hmm. yours and it just takes the money out from your card straight away without even having to redo it. Um, and then you've secured your passes that way. So it's I've not used it, um, but that, that's how the light queue works. So I'm hoping if if they don't go for resale, the light queue will come back on and I'll just put myself in the light list and then hopefully get passes that way. Cool. Like I say, for me, it's too, it's, it's far too far to stop thinking about that. Yeah. Just yet. It's one of those ones, it's a long way away. It's one of those things where like, if the IQ comes up and you were thinking about it, it's probably worth putting yourself in the IQ because even if you got the passes right and then you couldn't go, there's that demand on light, so you just you would just put them back on light. Do you know what I mean? And you, get, you get face yeah. value, you don't lose any money. Uh, and nice. also, not only do you not lose any money, but the people who are buying them don't pay over the odds for them either. It's fair. Yeah, so it's, it's really good. So like that's that's what I'm thinking. Because I'm, I, I was like, I wish I just bought the ones originally now, even though I couldn't go. Mm. And I would have sold them back to light. Because of what's happened now, I would have had. I would have said, oh, I'll keep them because I can go now. Yeah. But but yeah. I had the foresight of the COVID in my mind when uh when they went for sale. <laughs> no, and and that's the thing. I think for me right now, I'm not so keen on the idea of stepping on an, onto an aeroplane. Yeah, you know, with in light of the COVID and all the rest of it, you know, so like I'd go to Anaheim if there was a rule where everyone everyone conventions, people, even though they're in hotels and stuff, the lack of deodorant in those comic cons and whatever is ridiculous. There's a reason why people doing autographs have hand sanitizer, and bloody they should be swearing a by for breeze because the smell in them places sometimes can be ridiculous. It's, it's it's long days, like you know what I mean. Like I think, like you know, if someone's a bit silly next year, I think like you know, you don't know what's going on in their life. Do you know what I mean? I think uh, <laughs> you can just take some cans of right God, just turn around, be middle right God, be with you. Well, no, you could. You could totally give them out like that. That would be a nice thing to do. Do you know what I mean? Like I think, like, but I think, like I think, like yeah. someone who's done a couple of like celebrations, like already long days, and you get hot and sweaty. Obviously. You know, like I like to think I do pack like wipes and stuff in my bag where like I'm not too bad, but like I, th- I think just the, the whole like the whole day is how it's set up, but it's designed that way. But for me, I think the energy and the excitement just gets us through anything like that, and I'll just just go straight through it. Um, yeah, definitely. Um, next question is 
why did Vader not sense that Leia was his daughter or force sensitive mm-hmm. when he could sense Luke during the Battle of Yavin? So my two cents on this is that like he didn't really sense Luke as Luke. He so in that in the because he doesn't sense him to the to the fight in the on the in the TIE Fighters versus the X Wings. So he mm-hmm. senses him when Luke's um avoiding getting shot. And right. then uh, Vader says the force is strong with this one. Um is what he says. But he doesn't know it's Luke Sauger. Um so I think obviously the reason why he wouldn't have sensed Leia is because he here he doesn't sense Luke's son either. Um the re- I think I know the answer yeah. to this. Well, there's a few. I mean, number one, like Luke and Leia on brother and sister, yeah. That doesn't happen until the third movie. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, like, just, that's the reason why it's not mentioned. But also, like, in this film, like, Luke is not... Luke's not connected to Darth Vader either. That doesn't happen in the next movie. Do you know what I mean? So, I think, like, Vader senses Luke because Luke's, Luke's using the... Fo- when you're flying, you're in a high sense of concentration, same as when you're driving. So, like, Vader's obviously concentrating on the guy in front of him. He's trying to kill him. Luke's obviously concentrating on what's going on around him and like by concentrating they're also using the force because the force users, if that makes sense. Like it heightens yeah. heightens their ability to do things. Um so Vader senses him there because Luke's tuned in the force because he's flying and Vader's tuned in because he's flying, so he senses him there. But it's not until he sends if, if you read the Star Wars comics, he sends Boba Fett to find out who blew up the Death Star because he knows he was a force user. Not because he yeah. knows he's his son, but just because he wants to know who <clears> he is. And the Emperor wants to know as well. And then obviously when when he comes back and says Skywalker, that's when Vader's like, what the fuck? Um, like, yeah. do you know what I mean? Something's not right. Whoa, like, I've been lied to here. I've been whole life. Like, whole, since we come up here, I've been lied to. Um, so I think it's not a case of you could sense, like, Luke using the Force. I could sense Luke was his son. It was a case of you could sense Luke using the Force in that moment. Um reason why he couldn't sense Leia's because, I mean, again, in real life, you know, Leia's not, not a Skywalker yet, so like, then during that movie, New Hope, when they made it, like, they weren't making it as if Arlie has got the force. Do you know what I mean? They were just making it as if Arlie has this strong politician. Um, but also, like, if you look at the story in canon, like, the force works miraculous ways, it can hide things. Um, if you look at Kyber crystals, for example, all the Kyber crystals are on Ilum. Um, when you go there as a Jedi Pad, I want to pick your crystal. You don't just pick any one, and they often like hide, like they change color and they blend the walls and stuff. And then your one will like shine for you. So, like, you know, I mean, the force is probably protect the force works in it, the force has an agenda. So, um, you know, the speaking of it story wise, you know, the force is probably going, No, you know what, I'm going to like mask your senses here, Vader, because Leia does have the force, but I don't want you to know that because uh, she's got big things to do in the future. I think it's more simply... I think you're very close to what I think, and it's more to do with the fact that... Um, well, the answer's in um, The Last Jedi, when uh, Luke switches himself off from the Force and switches himself back onto the Force. Luke and Leia haven't switched themselves onto the Force yet, but Luke does when he's, you know, um, all of a sudden he's, he's with Obi-Wan Kenobi and, you know, starting to do his training and all of that. You know what I mean? But it's kind of like, if you think of like a radio wavelength. Yeah. You know what I mean? They haven't switched themselves. Leia hasn't switched herself onto that yet. So that's why she hasn't been picked up. A little bit like how Yoda can hide himself in Dagobah. Definitely. Um, you know? I think it's just What do you think, of, Luke? It wasn't 
written until like George Lucas had to kind of retrospectively go, well, I'll need to make it fit. So I'll make it so she's like we got a glimpse episode five when Luke is on Bespin. I think that's when the first idea of her being force sensitive. Um but again it is just kind of Definitely. yeah. Mm-hmm. I got, people always complain about the new movies not being planned, but George Lucas did not plan and I was dying on the hill. Um, so you got it, it, it. yeah no but it, there's, 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 been, there's been planned and there's fallen a line I think so like, there, was a, there was a story but not, not every element of the story is planned mm-hmm. out if that makes sense so like there was a plan to do this and that and that like the overall story like you could go here and then you go here and fight the big baddie like that, that that's planned all the little things obviously yeah. developers go but like any first draft or any first so the first movie is about telling the story of uh, like introducing Luke and blowing up the Death Star and like this rebellion we're getting a win that's the story mm-hmm. so like Having having all these side stuff going on just would conclude that, and we, we've got another two movies coming where we can delve in and tell a lot of things. So I think, like, so yeah, I mean, like you don't need too much going on at once. Otherwise, I just I think it's, 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 it's a nice idea. Nice side. People, if that makes sense, it is a good it is a good question. I just mm-hmm. I just think when you see the Emperor said Luke Skywalker, I think he's focused, like Vader focused his force. If you like on Luke, like he forced his intention on. Making sure he was here. Because I think from when he found out about his son being alive and the Emperor mentions him, I think that's when Vieda thought, oh, well, I need to. I need to try and play the long game here and kind of win my son back. And that's when you, that, that scene in Return of Jedi on the bottom of, on the bridge before he goes up to the Emperor, when he says, oh, we won, what sort of you do? And he takes Luke Skywalker, uh, he takes his lightsaber and he, He's holding that and he realises that his son is becoming a Jedi. And I think that's when Vader realises that his son could be the redemption that he was looking for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think, I don't, mm. I don't know. I think subconsciously that's going on, but I think that's not necessarily, I think, I don't think Vader knows what he's going to do when he goes up there. He's just playing it like whatever he feels right, he'll do, and obviously he does the right thing in the end. I think if you read the comics, when um when he finds out Alex Luke, he, he goes on a big mission, like goes to Padme's grave, goes speaks to the mortician who buried eyes, like what's your be- what were the kids in that belly? And he's like, oh, actually, uh, sorry, Vader, but uh, they weren't. Um, and he knows he's been lied to by everybody, and he he's very hateful for that. So he's almost hateful towards Luke and Leia for like yeah. being alive, but him not knowing. Because again, he just channels into anger because his life's ruined. Um, but obviously, it does mm-hmm. eventually end up being a good thing for him, definitely. Um, so I just want to thank the guys who sent the questions in so it was uh, Matty, Callum Katie and Stephen so thank you very much for sending those in um, yeah Matty sent a question in but um, Mark, Luke and John did not maybe that's because really? the Christians don't like us I don't know yeah. that's, just, that's just a joke I'm, that's just a joke I'm sure, they, I'm sure the Christians do and we love everybody in another planet um, so that brings an end to yeah, the no, episode. I think, um, um, anyone got any questions? I mean, it is nice to be a Star Wars fan. I keep forgetting about Bad Batch, and then I'm reminded about it, and then I'm excited for it again. Uh, again, it's because that it's that time period after the stream before Rogue One. Um, I'm really excited to see how the clones, the Bad Batch, deal with the transition, like mm-hmm. having to fight the former comrades and their opinion on being a clone and. Being ready to fight, but now having this choice, they've got to be the own 
people in do you know what I mean? It's just there's a lot of potential for a lot of like deep storytelling, which always people dismiss Clone Wars for being a cartoon, but it's really it is some of the best Star Wars storytelling ever. And I highly recommend it. Um, yeah, that's my closing thoughts. Bad batch for the win. Agree. But on, so Alan, you're not on, Alan, you're not on social media because obviously you don't want the government to track you down. You've been watching. Try, not, try not. Even though yeah. he, he lives in London. <laughs> there we go. Hide, so hide on Twitter, at, site, that's the off our podcast. Luke, uh, Luke, Luke Twitch you on is also the same. Uh, I recently became affiliate, so it'd be nice if you could pop along to that. Um, and then Instagram is lgr two nine zero three. I'm going to try and change that off of podcast. See if it works. Uh, but no, I like I like the Twitch, I like the podcast, the one promotes the other. So yeah. No worries. Fantastic. Well, thank you very much, Luke, for joining us. You've been a, a great help. We'll definitely have you on again in the future. Everybody, go and check out those podcasts that were mentioned before. Go and listen to your favorite Star Wars podcast because it is International Star Wars Podcast Day. Thanks very much for tuning in. Alan Bye. and Luke, thanks. Hi, this is Savannah. And this is Brian from the Dorky Diva Show. And you're listening to Star Wars. The best place for below average Star Wars. Please follow us on Twitter at Borstar. That's at B-O-R-E-S-S-T-A-R. And on Instagram and Facebook at Star Wars Podcast. You can also reach us on email at starborspodcast at gmail.com. Star Wars Show can be found on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Anchor, and wherever podcasts can be found. Please give us a like, subscribe, and don't forget to leave a five-star review. May the force be with you.